It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Well, I love 40s. Hey, what's up? Welcome to episode number 605 of Locked On Raptors for Friday, November the 15th. I am your host, Sean Woodley of RaptorsHQ.com. You can find me on Twitter, as always, at WoodleySean. Find the show at Locked On Raptors. You can find links to every single episode of the podcast. And, of course, please make sure you're checking out the Locked On Podcast Network. We've got team-focused shows for all 30 NBA teams. We've got a bunch of national NBA shows as well for you. We have got the NHL Network. We've got the NFL Network. If you find something on the network that you like and want to support, please Please subscribe, rate, and review wherever you get your podcast. It is very much appreciated. And uh, thank you in advance for taking that very small amount of time. All right. On today's show, it's going to be a little fun one. It's Friday. Just going to kick back and relax with a little mailbag podcast with our favorite, Katie Heindel. Katie, how are you? I'm good. It's Friday. <laughs> Long week. But I'm ready to go. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The, the the funny thing is that you did good acting. We're recording this on Thursday night. So that you just Don't really tell made everybody. it feel like. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I thought you did a good job. Thank uh, you. Anyway. Yeah. Uh, we're recording this Thursday night. Uh, just as the Carmelo Anthony news has come down. So I guess the Raptors uh, sent the Blazers into panic mode. Because they go and sign Melo in response to losing to the Raptors. Um, did you get to watch that Blazers game, Katie? How have you enjoyed uh, the, just like the early going here? We haven't talked a ton since the season started. Mm-hmm. Um, or maybe we have, but we've talked a lot about Serge Ibaka. Uh, like, what are your early impressions on the recent wins, the, the road trip, the season as a whole? Well, first with the Melo news, which you totally watch. John Bomb? Sean Bomb? <laughs> <laughs> um what bond anyway you <laughs> that sounds awful <laughs> that you broke for me i feel yes. like it is a continued sign of the raptors great benevolence in the league because i've been waiting for Melo to get a contract mm-hmm. i didn't know it would be in this way but if the raptors had a hand in that then i feel very proud and responsible so i think that's good mm-hmm. um I haven't loved the, I mean, I've loved what's been happening in the road games, but I don't love going to sleep at midnight or after. Yeah, um, yeah no, that, that's, that sucks. My level of exhaustion is like r- cranked right up. I was like feeling really <laughs> reminiscent of how we both felt like we were going crazy um, in the playoffs. Yeah, and no, the, the, finals. the yeah. The Raptors after dark, it's fun for like a night if it's like a weekend and maybe you've had a couple drinks and a game is on late and it's like, oh, hey, now I have something to do uh, on a Tuesday or a Wednesday night. Um, this is, you know, me sounding very washed, but I, I'm 
I'm fully, I right can out. admit that I'm washed. And I can also yeah. say, you know, full disclosure, I started a new job this week. But if anyone knows, like when you start any job, <laughs> I feel like the first week you're like, you just feel brain dead every day because you're, you're getting so much information. So you're like, what am I doing by the end of the day? And then I'll, it would be like, I get home. And then I'd still think like, oh, there's still like four hours to go before this game starts. <laughs> anyway. Well, it's good. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's Besides, good that we got like, you on the podcast right yeah. near the end of your first week. Uh, <laughs> so this this promises to get very bizarre. So I can slowly come unwound uh, like <laughs> in real time, I guess. Anyway, um, yeah. I've loved the week for its triumphs. I have to say I was – I felt – I didn't watch the I didn't watch the Clippers game because I watched the whole Lakers game because holy hell that was an amazing game. Uh-huh. And then the Clippers game I watched like the beginning and then I just truly passed out. Um, <laughs> but when I got up in the morning and looked checked the score, I was like, oh that sucks. Like you to lose just by ten. Um, I wonder like. But then I watched the highlights and I saw how close it was, how like exciting of a game it was how they like led for two pretty much like the first and the, the third I'd say, or was mm-hmm. it the second? I think it was the second and third. The second and the third. Yeah, and like a, the lead of the fourth. Um, so it made it even more of a, like a bummer. Yes. But also like a proud bummer. Cause I was like, Holy shit. Like they held them to this. Oh geez. I got poked out of his, his skull. <laughs> um, like guys just keep taking falls. And last night's game, I was just like, Please, nobody else get hurt. Yeah. Which nobody did. Yeah. Nobody did. But now I'm at the point where I'm like, dudes, does it even matter? Like, this team's unstoppable. It is just like, there's a couple mailbag questions about this. But, man, it's just a deeply, deeply enjoyable watch every single night. Especially now that, and I I like like watching them with Kyle Lowry more. Don't get me wrong. Kyle Lowry is amazing. Um, but there is like a special charm to these sort of underdog shorthanded losses where you're getting like the back dregs of the roster chipping in in enormous ways. And in many ways, like improving their standing for the longer term in, you know, in particular with Ronda Hellish Jefferson and Terrence Davis, like this part of the schedule is going to ensure that they're playing minutes at the later parts of the schedule, which is great. And it's been like the lack of expectation this year, it's ridiculous. Like you mentioned that it was a bummer, but like a good bummer when they lost to the Clippers. Like I am fully back in the tank for like moral victories. This was not a thing that I really loved when, you know, the Raptors had lost in the playoffs like four years in a row and were LeBron's lunch every year. Uh, you know, moral victories only carried so much weight, but now like uh, moral victories are just as good as regular victories to me. Just give me a fun game where I feel inspired and want to run through a wall. And the Raptors have done that pretty well every single game so far. So uh, can't complain there. Mm-mm. No. Yeah. And I mean, like granted, I think it was like a nice, like Portland, you know, that's a, they're having a tough run. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, it's not great for those guys. So it wasn't like, going into that game, even though they were, the Raptors were like kind of had both hands tied behind their backs, like proverbially speaking. Um, You weren't like, okay, this is going to be as challenging as those two, but still I'm sure on like very little sleep, still getting used to like the time change of like being out West, um, the injuries. Yeah. Throwing this like weird as hell roster together and then like seeing how they work. It's just like, I don't know. It's just been like, 
this beautiful weird thing unfolding a little bit of it reminds me like when you said it it's like kind of scrappy it does mm -hmm. kind of remind me of those like scrappy raptors days which i loved that kind of basketball but that was always like extremely frantic but there's yeah. something scrappy and extremely casual about this yeah it's this like style. a polished scrappiness it's like yeah <laughs> because, because it's like scrappiness with like a twinge of like heart of a champion stuff like it's yeah, they they know how to win these games, and I think they're extremely good. As we talked about uh, on the podcast on Thursday with Joe, uh, I'm ready to talk myself back into a finals run because this team rules. Uh, we're going to get to a bunch of mailbag questions from you, the listeners, in just a second. But first, I want to tell people about Audible. Audible has the world's largest selection of audiobooks and audio entertainment. Start listening with a 30-day Audible trial. Choose one audiobook and two Audible originals absolutely free. Just visit audible.com slash NBA. Hey, guys, it's Walker Mail, host of the Locked On Hornets podcast. And being around sports media and a fan of the Hornets for a lifetime has taught me that sometimes it's exploring the sliding doors moments and what-if scenarios in sports that can be the best part of the fan experience. What if the Seahawks let Marshawn run on the one-yard line with the Super Bowl on the line? Or could a coin flip actually have landed Magic in Chicago, Michael in L.A., and made Charles Barkley the first black president? Enter Wondery's newest sports show, Alternate Routes, a weekly leap into the sports multiverse with former Sports Center anchors Trey Wingo and Kevin Frazier. Each week on the podcast, Trey and Kevin will pry open the sliding doors of a different what if moment from the world of sports. In these alternate sports realities, dynasties will fall, legacies will change forever, new goats will emerge. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcast. You can listen to Alternate Routes early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. All right, Katie, let's get into some of these mailbag questions, shall we? We shall. I don't know why I'm, I don't know why I'm asking you to go on your permission. This yes. is what the point of the podcast is. I was... Open the mail. <laughs> All right, this one comes from uh, John Wilmus. It's Wilmus Corbin. Uh, which of your personal life experiences did the ferocity and horniness of the post Kawhi living their best <laughs> life after a breakup Raptors remind you of the most? Please read, though, his follow up to this because at first oh. I was like, Huh. All right. More asking, more thinking about like, what are the like technical technicalities of this question? Does he want us to run through the whole roster and match like players up to memories? Oh, See, then, I just thought it was, like one general. No. Like, then somehow this question itself got even hornier. <laughs> yeah. So uh, you said each Raptor and John said, if you like, but Pascal and Fred are the most compelling to me personally. OG getting his loins out here after missing out last year is a whole other beast. Uh, and you responded, this question itself is almost too horny. And then John responded, the 2019-20 Raptors have a chance to be the horniest team I have ever seen. Which, I mean, as we talked about in the first segment, if you look at it in a certain lens, sure, I, I, I can get on board with that. It's a pretty horny team. Um, <laughs> Happy casual. For no. The, for the G-rating. <laughs> um but in relation to john's original question yes. uh what life experience does the ferocity and horniness of this raptors team remind you of the most um it will come as a surprise to no one that it involves pools <laughs> <laughs> um but i feel like there was a good stretch of like 
maybe three or four summers in a row, maybe five with the tapering off of, but mm -hmm. um, living in the West End of Toronto and just like this incredible, I've written about this before because I guess it is like a horny memory I love to revisit, but it's like, uh, there was like, there were these long, really crazy, beautiful stretches of summer where everybody would be like out, no one had AC, everybody's out, everybody's going to bars, everybody's like just trying to cool down as much as they can. And then everyone would just pool hop, but everyone would go to the same pools, the police would come, they'd chase you off, you'd all come back. It just felt like a really weird, I mean, everyone is like naked, skinny dipping, or you're in your underwear. So there's that element. Then there's mm -hmm. like this like terror or fake terror and like pretend fear of like getting busted. But then like you never actually really get busted because you just come back. So it feels like, you know, no holds barred, no consequence, like balls to the wall, so to speak. <laughs> <laughs> like chain link fences and like oftentimes just like speeding home on my bike, still dripping wet, either in a bathing suit or in my underwear at like four or five in the morning, sun's coming up. Like that's, that's immediately what I thought of. And I feel like um, I can smell the, chlorine fumes coming off this team right now <laughs> uh man you had way cooler summers than i've ever had <laughs> shout out to you <laughs> um i took this in a bit of a different direction uh because again my summers are lame uh but it's kind of like this raptors team is playing with sort of the liberation you feel after quitting a job and like taking up oh, freelance. true true uh, yeah like i for the most part, a couple of years back, my main job was as a producer at a radio station. And uh, I didn't like hate it to begin with. And then I grew to hate it pretty quickly um, as I kind of got poisoned by the, you know, the, the cynicism that comes with a job like that, where you're sitting there and like hearing people talk about the same three Toronto Maple Leafs topics for four hours every single day. Um, and then you start like, trying to be ambitious and you start sort of looking at ways to climb the ladder and then you get dejected when you realize, Hey, that maybe isn't going to happen for a while here because there's this whole sort of structural institution in place to keep people from ever advancing or making money in this. And, you know, then people start coming to you and try to get you to do, to do things on top of the things you're already doing without paying you any extra money. And then you start to get stressed about, Oh, am I, you know, is, am I doing the right thing? Am I, should I just like give in and sort of climb the ladder and all this stuff? And then eventually you go into work one day and say, I'm quitting. And then you are so liberated and you feel free and you can feel free to sort of screw around with what you're doing with your life. You can have a whole summer where you don't really work at all in the field that you like outside of doing this podcast and sort of regrouping and, that's kind of what I think these rappers are doing right now. They just like had a really good quitting story and, le and left the job at the very peak of the, that job. And so it's not quite the same sort of, um, you know, downer of a, of a departure, but similar idea where there's lots of stress there. They were in the rat race last year very much, and they might soon get into the rat race again because Pascal Siakam is good enough that he might drag them into it. But uh, until then, it's just, it's pretty low stakes fun right now. And they're just kind of figuring out what's next. So that's my, uh, closest life experience, I think, to what these Raptors are going through. Much yeah. less horny than I think John for. <laughs> you know. Yeah, you might be disappointed, but I think like there's really no, there's few better feelings or like as specific a feeling that like 
quitting a job gets you. Yeah. It's it's like I wish I had quit uh like high school jobs a little bit more. Oh yeah. Uh like freely because I was under this impression like, oh no, if I'm not the best employee at Tim Hortons, no one will ever hire me, which was uh the dumbest thing I've ever thought. <laughs> no. It's just like it's it's like a, it is a kind of a great analogy for this team because there's something they're like, they're like the parameters of them giving their notice was like we're going to like fucking knock this project out of the park and then we're walking yeah. away. Um, yeah. And that's what they did. But like yeah. this kind of like, I always find when you quit, you get this like immediate burst of like, there's no better on honestly time for momentum. I feel like than when you quit a job. Yeah. Cause you're just yeah. like, you're totally free. There's like a new sense of urgency. You feel really confident. You feel great. You probably feel extremely liberated and like that weight off your shoulder. Even if you were like, uh, it's not that bad this crazy mm -hmm. weight comes off your shoulder. Um, and yeah, that's exactly, I feel like that's how they're playing. Well, I'm they're glad pool we hopping, they're quitting their jobs. Yeah. They're, yeah, they're, they're throwing themselves into the freelance game, hunting no down chances. Uh, well, I'm glad we had very different uh, answers for this question. Uh, next question <laughs> here comes from our pal Andy at Rallycap. Uh, how many Van Vleets could you fit in a Van Fleet? So like he's talking about a Ford Fleet van, I'm assuming. Um, yeah, I've tried to make this joke so many times. <laughs> <laughs> I never lands. <laughs> uh, all right, Ford Fleet Dimensions. I'm, are we gonna do, you do mean, this? Like, like, if you kidnapped him, or is it like um, he wants to get in the van? <laughs> I think he, he wants to. We're not doing any kidnappings here. I don't. I feel like Fred would be one of the hardest people in the world to kidnap, too. He'd just be like, mm -hmm. no, <laughs> you're not kidnapping. No, <laughs> no thank you. Yeah, uh, I'm, I'm good. Thank you for the, for the interest. Uh, okay, so we'll do a real literal, like, practical answer. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm trying to find, like, the size of the Ford fleet in terms of, like, uh dimensions i feel like i'm gonna go ahead and say maybe eight like eight van vliet. i mean he <laughs> Andy did not specify whether this was just fred van vliet or a, like a lot of van vliet's from the family so there could be like small children working in here there's uh van mm -hmm. vliet's large brother that we see all the time in his instagrams um this could maybe change the geometry of how you fit all these van vliet's in the van True, because I don't have the clarification. I'm choosing to picture it as like multiple frets. Okay, yeah, I, I think eight's probably. I mean, what? How many seats are in one of these things? Uh, I've, there's like six I'm seats. seats out. What's that? I'm taking the seats out. You're taking the seats out. Oh, if you're taking the seats out, I think you can stack the Van Vliet's pretty high. You might be able to get like. I don't know, 20? Like, there's slabs of, like, wood from Home Depot you're just, like, putting in the back? I feel like, or, like, small pieces of furniture. <laughs> I don't like that imagery at all. <laughs> <laughs> just stacks of Fred. No. Uh, I guess eight's probably, if you're, if you're looking for comfort uh, and not stacking like furniture, that's probably, like, the max, I would say. Um, mm -hmm. but he's like, he's not a very huge, like he could probably fit, I think three in the front seat just because you sandwich one in the middle. So that, I, I'm going to say it's like, happen. he's 15. like, 
Yeah. Oh my God. Okay. I was going to say like, he's probably, cause he's so courteous. I feel like in a situation like this, if he saw another version of himself trying to get in the van, he'd be like, they'd be like, Oh no, I couldn't possibly fit. And he'd be like, of course there's room. We'll make room. Mm-hmm. But that, I was thinking like two more, like okay. maybe, maybe 10, but you you think 15. I think 15, that's like a lot of space. Even if they're just like, uh, you know, sitting in the back and hanging out. Like, I feel like, um there's there's a lot of room in the if you're taking the seats out in particular like you can kind of get a little creative with the seating arrangement arrangement also where are they going like do we need to think about air breathing i would would assume that you can just roll the windows down and air is not like a concern i guess i keep going back to the kidnapping (laughs) (laughs) whoops you know they're going to a dungeon uh We got a couple more mailbag questions to get to, but first I want to tell you about my bookie. Use your basketball knowledge to prove what you have at mybookie.ag, where they make it easy to play and even easier to get paid. Use promo code locked on NBA and my bookie will match 50% of your first deposit. That's mybookie.ag. You play, you win, and you get paid. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, Katie, a few more mailbag questions here to roll through. Uh, This one comes from... Jay Rosales, he asks, which Raptor would you take to the Christmas market for mulled wine? <laughs> also, do you, do, he said, do you guys know what mulled wine is? Because he didn't know about it. What, what yeah, it was dude, it rules. Yeah, it is really good. I like mulled wine a lot. I love to make a big pot of mulled wine at a, at a holiday party. And then mm. you just keep adding to it. And by the end, you're adding all sorts of weird shit in there. <laughs> Weird veritals of wine that probably shouldn't be mulled, uh, liqueurs. Because mm-hmm. mulled wine is like wine, cloves. Um, you could do cinnamon sticks, star anise. It's like it's like all the the like warm warm spices. Yeah. Uh, but then you're also supposed to toss like you could put brandy in there. You could put like like a nice. Um, like a nice rum or a nice whiskey probably works as well. You could do whiskey. Rum, I wouldn't. Rum's like super sweet. That's true. But I suppose you, I mean, also you could do, like I just said, by the end of the night, you're putting anything you want in there. So, and it just keeps going and simmering on a really low heat. It's like super delicious. You Honestly, I, I am such a mark for hot booze. Like mm-hmm. more booze should be hot. I have hot toddies like twice a week during the winter. I'm probably going to have one after this. <laughs> it's 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 a great drink. Um, I think I would take, because I think he would enjoy it a lot. And I would like to watch his face when he had his first sip. Um, and I think he would just like the ambiance of where I'm envisioning it being served. But Serge Ibaka. Ooh, yeah. I can't really imagine Serge's. Because, I mean, he spent most of his life in tropical climes, right? Even his NBA career, he was in, you know, I guess Oklahoma City isn't that warm, but I also don't think they have mulled wine there. Um, He was in Orlando. (laughs) Uh, He's, you know, in Mykonos a lot. I don't know if he's 
much been in the market for hot booze. Although he does make those teas, the cricket tea. Maybe mm-hmm. he's like gotten a little frisky with like a hot toddy made with cricket tea before. Um, yeah, you could do it. Yeah. Uh, interesting. Uh, Surge is a good answer. I uh, I think it might be sort of the cure for Marcus All's rickety bones to just put some hot booze in his system. I know oh, we had a lot of cold booze in the summer. Um, it might just be like a hair, hair of the dog type of thing. Uh, <laughs> and maybe he needs some hot booze to. I feel like of... he'd have some good recipe pointers. He'd be like, hey, but have you ever tried this with port? You know? Yeah, I think you are uh, spot on there. And yeah, I think it might just like warm his joints a little bit and uh, make him feel a little more spry. Perhaps uh, lubricate him with the liquid courage to take some more shots. He's been looking uh, more lube. (laughs) (laughs) At least in his rebounding and like what where he seems to be situating himself on that end of the floor. But yes, as far as shots, not. He's not. <laughs> I won't say it again. He's not lubed. Uh, <laughs> John Wilmus would be happy with this line of uh, discussion. Yeah, he really ruined this. Uh, <laughs> Thanks, John. Uh, all right. Let's uh, go to another question. Also from Jay Rosales. Uh, maybe we just go like a top three each. He's asking who our favorite non-starter fan favorite Raptors are. What? <laughs> like, you I like know. That the, already the answer. The answer is in the question because the suggestion is they're all fan favorites now. Well, I mean, yeah, there there could be some on this. I think Rodney Hall. Like, who's your favorite? Probably. Nobody non-starter. He's just like on this team of the most lovable men. <laughs> <laughs> who's your favorite? Yeah, uh, I think there are a few on this team, like Matt Thomas and. I think Rondé or and Terrence State again, all of the lovable men I think are definitely in the running. I'm thinking back to like, I was a big Pops guy. I loved Pops. I loved uh, like Reggie Evans during the really bad post Bosch year where he just averaged like a bazillion rebounds and it was the coolest thing the Raptors were doing. That was cool. Wait, wait. The question isn't just this year. It's ever. No, it's ever. He's th- he's thinking like top five of all time. So oh, like, and then are any from this year? <laughs> John Salmons. Mm. <laughs> um, mm, 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 mm. I, feel like, I feel like Amir has to count. But I Do guess, we, well, Amir is always a starter in my heart. So yeah, true. I don't like putting him on this list of like supposed lovable nobodies because he's not that, <laughs> you know? Yeah, that's fair. Greg Monroe. Oh, yeah. Jeez, I can't believe I didn't say that first. <laughs> It's pretty uh, off-brand for you. I know. Uh, yeah. Uh, I mean, Bismack, I think, is like the easiest one. I think Bismack has the highest fan favorite points per a minute played on the team. Like, the one season was so, so loved by everybody. So I think he's probably in there. Yeah, I agree. Probably Bebe, too. Yeah, I, I would say Bruno's probably ahead of Bebe. People got oh, mad at Bebe. Bruno has this like fear love. <laughs> like you were, he's almost like um, like a little fawn you see, but you're too afraid to like make a move or cheer because you're going to scare the shit out of him. 
uh, it's a wonder, given that uh, disposition that Bruno carries, that he actually scored eight points in the game where they were chanting for him for three quarters uh, when they beat <laughs> the Bucks back in his first rookie season. Uh, so good on him for that. Uh, next question here. This one comes from at Darth Lean. Uh, where will OG rank on the all-time players who look awesome with goggles and face mask list? Yeah, I mean, let's think about some of the other guys in the in the running. His own teammate Pascal. Oh, I forgot he had that. Mm-hmm. Okay. Celebratory goggles count. <laughs> I feel like Wait, they should. Did Pascal actually have to wear goggles at some point? Yeah, well, because he was gonna get champagne in his eyes. Oh, I thought you were talking about like. <laughs> <laughs> no. Uh. Hmm. I mean, considering I can't think of any gogglers off the top of my head right now besides OG last season and this, I think he's like real strong candidate for like back to back MVP goggler. Well, there's Horace Grant. He's sort of the the main one. Um, not for me. <laughs> he had like the, I mean, he would like sort of mix it up. Kareem is probably the all time coolest just because he was a cool ass player in addition mm-hmm. to wearing goggles. Uh, like for like a super duper star to be wearing goggles is pretty. Like, imagine LeBron. In, I know he had the face mask when he broke his nose once that made him look like Darth Vader, but um, he had the uh, like imagine him with just like glasses that would be weird. He like, did wear goggles. Did he really? Do you remember? What? But they looked more like uh, like snowboarding glasses. Mm, okay. And he only wore them for like a quarter. They were like yellow, real technical looking yellow lens sunglasses, like a wraparound oh, style. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, it looks mm-hmm. like he got them from lens crafters. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Someone on the like definitely went and like picked those up for him, and he was like, "What the hell are these?" It's like what I had to wear when when I was like in chemistry class. Uh, mm-hmm. We were making shit blow up. Uh, <laughs> uh, Horace Grant, we you don't you don't buy it. Kurt Rambis wore goggles. Uh, Are you asking me? Yeah, uh, he did. Oh, yeah. I'm looking at the picture right now. It, he, he doesn't have much swag with it. He, but in some of them, he looks like. Wait, those just could be his glasses. Yeah, like he just forgot to put in his contacts. Or I forgot think sometimes he's just wearing glasses. I think these ones have a string. Uh... I was actually <laughs> going to say the only thing better would be if he had one of those strings so you don't lose your glasses. <laughs> and he does. Uh, Amare okay, This is crazy. Probably. This is amazing. What is? Kurt Rambis just wearing glasses to play oh, yeah. basketball. <laughs> just like your dad's glasses. The last of his kind. <laughs> if he had worn these while he was uh, being the head coach of the Knicks, he might have had some success. He might have just like revitalized the Lakers franchise in my mind. <laughs> anyway. Um, so Amari's goggles. Those were good. Mm-hmm. Oh, PJ Tucker had goggles once. Did he? They're like orange fuckers. What is with the... Where the oh I see the okay, were the lenses orange or just the no frame? just like the the, the the wacky frame the the frames are orange yeah these Let's do not suit rooms. his face at all <laughs> I'm kind of surprised what year was this because I feel like this was or, yeah this was not in like PJ Tucker's fashion renaissance I don't think he no. caught that in frames like this that don't suit his face 
I'm coming across uh, Louis Scola wearing glasses and <laughs> making a like a like a salt bay motion with his fingers. Oh yeah. Uh, oh, I remember this. Yeah, and it looks like they're a head, kind of a headband too. Yeah, yeah. Which of course. <laughs> but he did purpose. wear a headband. Yeah. Yeah. Man, this is there's a lot of goggles. I think. Okay, okay. Horace France what? goggles look like aviation goggles. <laughs> like he should have been in the dunk contest this past year. <laughs> Those are actually uh, the best goggles ever worn. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to John Collins. Uh, Amare's are okay, kind of boring. And then I guess the question is like, what should OG be doing? stylistically with his when he uh when he busts him out oh Dwayne wade had some goggles too <clears throat> yeah i'm seeing that here too lebron style um i don't think he should do anything because if he did it would be more of like it would be like out of character for og mm-hmm. like he just kind of showed up wearing them and never it's like when when you when you come across someone or like a friend of yours tries to do to pull something off and you're like are they either like the most confident person I've ever met or are they like so um, nervous that someone's going to like call them out and say something. So they're just trying not to draw attention to themselves, you know, I can't can't tell. I can't tell. Yeah. I, uh, I feel like maybe he could go like something tinted. I, I, I made the joke earlier that OG seems like a transitions kind of guy. Um. <laughs> <laughs> maybe if he had goggles to go back to um to go back to the rambus style and he could wear you know his like wire rimmed regular glasses yeah yeah just get those like get a custom. little bit reinforced yeah yeah <laughs> get the string <laughs> i'm in for that i'm glad og's coming back i was really worried about him for a second considering he was bleeding from the eyes <laughs> Dude, yeah, as someone who had an eye injury this summer, it's no joke. Ooh, what happened to your eye this summer? I had a piece of metal get lodged in my iris. Oh. I was hoping you were going to say it was like a championship-related champagne injury, but no, that sounds much worse. That would have been sick, but no. <laughs> um, no, it's like, oh man, wait. There's a good pick of Tony, Tony Parker and goggles. <laughs> <laughs> it, looks, it looks like he's wearing swimming goggles and then he's also cross-eyed <laughs> oh this is i want to like thank thank the person for this question because it's really taken us down a fun road it has i i think the louis scola look is my favorite one uh that i've come across it's really really good but there's lots of great contenders here uh I, I think that's probably about it. We've answered most of the questions here. Uh, we could probably take one more. We have uh, like seven. I know there are more. I saw them coming in. Yeah, I'm just worried we're going to run out of time on this call. Um, yeah. Uh, let's go with uh, from Jessica Jade. Which two current Raptors do you think spend the most time together off the court? Oh, there's I no like yak and skills anymore. True. Hmm. I'm going to say maybe actually I don't know. I was going to say maybe like Fred and Pascal, but I feel like their lives like off the court are a little bit different. Yeah. Um kids, no kids, you know? Yeah. Mm, interesting. I think it's going to be like a weird 
a weird duo emerging. I mean, I feel like Serge and OG spent a lot of time together when they went to Japan. That's a good point. And they have been, you know, seen singing in a car before. Mm-hmm. I think they maybe just like like to run errands together or something. It's <laughs> <laughs> their carpool setup, and that's their only time they interact, just because they live close. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It's probably gonna be like a weird. There's gonna be something with like Matt Thomas and like maybe Pat McCaw or something that will emerge. See, I could see like Ronde. He seems to have a pretty infectious personality. I could see yeah. him and Pascal driving pretty well um, and having sort of a, a fun little sort of back and forth tete-a-tete, but like in a fun way um, where they're sort of like trying to one-up each other with their exuberance. Mm-hmm. And you know that might lead them to be maybe not like the chillest hangs when they're like with the rest of the team, but together they kind of get to sort of flap their wings a little bit. It's um, weird. This is like the first time. Like, I feel like they're all great colleagues. They respect each other. They mm-hmm. get each other. They know each other. But this might be the first time there's no like clear cut friendships on the Raptors. Maybe that's why they're successful. Oh no! Don't even say it. <laughs> um, there will be something. I mean, yeah, because even like we had like Norm and Kawhi last year. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I do Lowry's still think that like... was their mom's pressuring them, though. <laughs> <laughs> or like the Raptors pressuring Norm to peer pressure Kawhi into staying. Um, I could see... I don't feel like also Malcolm Miller would be a pretty cool hang. He seems very... Uh, he seems sort of, very supportive. Yeah. And maybe he is like the secret best friend on the team. Maybe that's why they keep him around, because even they don't play him very much, but... Maybe that's why he's around. It's just, oh, that guy's our resident pal. <laughs> I feel like um, Terrence Davis is like a, a prime candidate for like a great friendship with someone. I think him and Dewan Hernandez will eventually become that once Dewan's on the Raptors uh, mm-hmm. full time. They were mm-hmm. together pretty much all summer uh, with workouts and stuff and kind of share. And it's the same way I think like Fred and, and Pascal. If Fred didn't have kids, and maybe if his kids were older, I feel like they'd hang out. It's just Fred's got, you know, family man stuff to do and, you know, merch to sling. Whereas I think like Terrence Davis and Dewan Hernandez sort of like like the similar thing with with Fred and Pascal, same draft year, same sort of uh underappreciated coming into the draft kind of guys. Mm-hmm. And maybe they sort of bond over that. So I could see that being it. But yeah, this is weird like Gasol doesn't have like a very easy pal on the team I don't think I mean I guess Gasol and Serge but even then Gasol's got his kids too many damn dads for friendships there's a lot of dads (laughs) too many damn dads for friendships (laughs) uh well I'm now very curious to see how this develops over the course of the year Um, yeah we're gonna be following this closely yeah uh I don't reassure everybody Frankly, I don't care about much else going on with the team. Uh, this is important. Katie, thank you so much for coming on the show today. This was a blast, as always. Hey, I love doing a show on a Friday. <laughs> Woo! Uh, do you have anything that you would like to plug? Yeah, man. Um, I just wrote a <laughs> my first ever dummies guide in the infamous how-to guides for dummies. I wrote a um, load management for dummies for uh, the step back. So if you are still confused about load management, what is it? Why is it necessary? Why is it important? I don't get it. 
I hate it. Give it a read. I am. Uh, I haven't read it yet, but I will read it. You're uh, going to love it. It's on my list. I'm very excited. Uh, of course, check out Basketball Feelings. and uh, um, Right in the Hoop Talks newsletter. So that's very fun, brief kind of overview. Uh, I love to plug our friends and colleagues in it. So yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's a great way to do that. It's also just a great way to do a very quick like overview of the league and a league that like where wacky stuff never stops happening. So subscribe. Do that. Uh, follow Katie at whatevs on Twitter. We will talk to you next week, Katie. Thanks so much. Uh, you can find me at Woodley Sean. Please subscribe, rate, review iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Play, wherever you get your podcast. It's very much appreciated. You can still buy We the Champs wherever books are sold. And that's going to do it for the week. Enjoy the game against the Mavs on Saturday. We'll talk about that on Monday and so much more. There's a Hornets game coming up too. So there'll be stuff on tap on Monday and Tuesday talking about that. And uh, you know, have a great weekend, everybody. We'll talk to you next time with another episode of Locked on Raptors. Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.